This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Tuesday, October 25th. Coming up, longtime U.S. Senator Jerry Moran is up for re-election this year. His challenger is former Kansas City, Kansas Mayor Mark Holland. When it comes to, you know, specific issues, I think it's, you know, a pretty typical Republican versus Democrat in Kansas for U.S. Senate race. We'll hear the issues candidates are hoping to fix if elected. Plus, for years, black babies in Kansas had a much higher chance of dying than white babies. Then the pandemic hit and black infant mortality surged 58%. We knew that it was going to impact black infant mortality, but I don't think any of us knew that it would be that bad. We'll hear what some Wichita birth workers are doing to address the crisis. But first, some headlines. An arbitrator has awarded $32 million to the families of three people killed when a Kansas City fire engine slammed into an SUV in Westport. KCUR's Dan Margulies explains. The arbitrator found that engine driver Dominic Biscari lied to investigators about how fast he was driving when he ran the red light and about whether he slammed on the brakes to avoid hitting the SUV. Two passengers and a pedestrian died in the crash. The family sued Biscari, the fire department in the city, but Biscari got dismissed from the litigation in return for his agreement to submit to binding arbitration. It's almost certain Biscari can't pay the awards, but the city could be held responsible for his negligent actions while on the job under the legal doctrine of vicarious liability. Today is the second day of a hearing in Wyandotte County Court that will once again focus on the tactics of former police detective Roger Golubsky. KCUR's Peggy Lowe reports. Celester McKinney and Brian Betts were convicted of the murder of a 17-year-old in Kansas City, Kansas, in 1997. They were initially convicted on testimony that was later recanted. They won this new hearing by claiming that Golubsky didn't disclose that he was related by marriage to the victim and that he helped coerce the witness into the false testimony. But on the first day of the hearing, Golubsky took the stand and denied that he was an investigator on the case and that he did not give any information to the victim's family. Asked if he's ever pressured a witness in a case, Golubsky replied, never. Golubsky remains under house arrest after being charged last month by federal prosecutors for allegedly raping and kidnapping several women in the 1990s. The Jackson County Prosecutor's Office says it's getting numerous threats over its decision not to charge a woman who shot and killed an off-duty firefighter during a fight at a liquor store. KCUR's Frank Morris reports. Prosecutors say that Anthony Santi, a 41-year-old firefighter, got into a fight with 23-year-old Javon Taylor over something Taylor said to a store clerk. Taylor pulled a high-capacity automatic handgun from his car, and the fight continued with Santi disarming Taylor and putting him in a chokehold on the ground. A witness told police that Taylor couldn't breathe and was turning purple. A female friend of Taylor's got a hold of the gun, and after screaming at Santi to release Taylor, she fired one shot, killing Santi. Prosecutors say that after reviewing the eyewitness account and a cell phone video of the fight, they concluded that the shooter was lawfully protecting her friend under Missouri's Stand Your Ground law. The victim was white. The shooter was black. The prosecutor's office says it's received numerous racist threats over its decision not to press charges against the shooter. Kansas has not elected a Democrat to the U.S. Senate since 1932. 
Democrat Mark Holland is trying to change that, but he faces an uphill battle against incumbent Republican Jerry Moran. Blaze Mesa of the Kansas News Service reports. Jerry Moran and Mark Holland do not have much in common. Moran is backed by the National Rifle Association, while Holland condemned the group for its opposition to any kind of gun control. Moran celebrated the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Holland wants abortion rights put in federal law. Pollsters don't give Holland, the Democratic challenger, much of a chance, but the pastor and former mayor of the unified government in Wyandotte County thinks he can buck the odds. I think people are fired up. People are very excited. That's Holland talking to KCUR's Steve Kraske. People are pretty fed up with the status quo. Um, And there's one issue animating Kansas right now, and I think it's animating the nation, and that's women's rights. People are upset and fired up about Jerry Moran's record. Kansas saw record high primary election turnout on a vote that kept abortion protected statewide. And with that, a surge in newly registered voters who could lean towards Democrats. Alexandra Middlewood is an assistant professor of political science at Wichita State University. She doesn't think the abortion vote predicts the Senate race. To take that and try to kind of superimpose it on a partisan election like you see in the U.S. Senate race, It's not going to be a one-to-one comparison. Voters have a choice between two candidates who talk about very different issues. A vote for Moran would mean efforts to secure the southern border and invest in more U.S.-based energy to combat high gas prices. Picking Holland, meanwhile, means investing in more green energy and a push to stop criminalizing gender identity, issues Moran has not campaigned on. Middlewood says abortion does drive people to the polls, but so does inflation or student loan forgiveness. So for Holland to have a shot at winning, he has to not only convince Democrats to turn out, he has to convince independents and some Republicans to vote for him over Moran. Moran has been a fixture of Kansas politics. He served in the U.S. Senate since 2011 and was first elected to the state legislature in 1989. His recent focus is fighting inflation and trying to reduce government spending, like he says in this campaign ad. I've always been an optimist, an optimist that things are going to get better. But I am so worried right now. Because Biden's policies causing high gas and grocery prices are breaking our families. To get our country back on track, we need a conservative, common-sense Kansas solution. Moran voted against the Inflation Reduction Act earlier this year, a bill pushed by the White House to fight climate change, cut prescription drug costs, and put more tax dollars in the pockets of families. But Moran says the law ultimately increases tax burdens on American households. Moran has bashed big government spending. Here he is on Capitol Hill. This out-of-control spending is jeopardizing our economy and hurting Americans. Let's work together to let government, to get government spending and borrowing in check. Holland agrees that inflation is an issue, but the Democrats say Biden's Build Back Better spending has not made the issue worse. For him, the race is simple. Jerry Moran's completely out of touch, and he has joined the extremists. He has, ex- he has voted extreme on every issue. David Graham is also running as a libertarian. He is pushing for smaller government, reforming the criminal justice system to focus more on violent offenders, and spending military funds in a more defensive manner rather than going on the attack. Middlewood from Wichita State says extremism gets thrown around during election time. She noted that Moran does not seem as conservative as Trump-like, for instance, when compared to the other senator from Kansas, Senator Roger Marshall. Holland has an uphill battle to win the race, Middlewood says, noting that both candidates fit the typical Republican and Democrat molds. Kansas is a Republican state, and the forecasters have Jerry Moran up, um, basically over 99% likely to win this race. 
Election day is November 8th. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Blaze Mesa in Topeka. Kansas has one of the highest rates of infant mortality in the U.S. And for black babies, the picture is especially dire. They're over three and a half times more likely to die before their first birthday than white babies. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service reports on how some healthcare workers are trying to change that. Peggy Jones Fox knows what it takes to raise a baby. Hardest work I've ever done, and I have a master's degree. In a spare room at the Delrose United Methodist Church in Wichita, she's teaching young pregnant women about that work. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and get started. Today's lesson is about how to stay healthy during pregnancy. What prenatal vitamins should they take, and what foods should they eat? Before they go to a doctor's checkup, she tells them to write down their questions ahead of time and insist that they get answers. And sometimes that can be pretty intimidating because we're all a little shy when it comes to professionals. So we're going to talk about that. But before we Jones that, Fox is the president of the Wichita Black Nurses Association. A few months ago, researchers at the Center for Research for Infant and Birth Survival asked her to help teach these classes after new data showed black infant mortality in Kansas surged 58% in 2020. Now, 17 black babies out of every thousand die before their first birthday in the state, over three and a half times the rate for white babies. There are still big questions about what exactly happened, but the pandemic looms large. Initial research has linked the virus to pregnancy complications, and experts point to job loss and other stressors as potential factors. Sharla Smith, a University of Kansas professor who directs the Kansas Birth Equity Network, says Black people experienced both at higher rates. A lot of this has just contributed to the stress on the Black body. While the leading cause of white and Hispanic infant death is birth defects, for Black babies it's complications from being born too early and underweight. Smith says premature births often reflect maternal health disparities that exist long before pregnancy and can stem from racism in the medical field. Research shows doctors are less likely to diagnose black women with endometriosis or refer them for cardiac treatment and are more likely to ignore their pain. Black women are just not listened to. So there's a lot of disparities in access to quality health care within our state. And Michelle Redmond, a KU professor and Kansas Birth Equity Network investigator, says reducing Black infant mortality means taking a wide look at all the things that contribute to it. I think you have to really look at what we define as social determinants of health. So it's social, environmental, economic, educational. That's exactly what Sapphire Garcia-Lease is trying to do with the Kansas Birth Justice Society, a few miles away in North Wichita. She founded the nonprofit in 2020 to reduce deaths among Black, Latino, and Native American moms and babies. Inside, there's a community fridge, it's a, right a meditation now. area, and a room stacked floor to ceiling with free diapers, baby clothes, and strollers. Everything that you see in here is only about a week's worth of supplies for us. And then over here, this is our lactation clinic. It's called the Milky Way Lactation Lounge. We the group is recruiting and training lactation consultants of color, a first for Wichita. They help the families they serve, who are less likely to breastfeed, continue to, despite big hurdles, like having to go back to work as soon as two weeks after giving birth. Because the research tells us that if family exclusively breastfeeds the baby, that they have a higher chance of making it to see their first birthday. Their staff of eight doulas will give pregnancy support to around 75 families this year. Doulas can advocate for patients during doctor's visits and make sure they aren't pressured into things like labor induction and C-sections in the delivery room. It's an issue close to Garcia-Lise's heart. 
Several years ago, she lost her second daughter to miscarriage after, she says, a doctor brushed aside concerns she raised about the pregnancy. By the time I went for a second opinion, she had passed away. And I was full term. You know, we were days from her due date. Now, she works to make sure fewer black and brown families have to go through that heartbreak. We know that as soon as they walk outside these four walls, you know, they're going to face all the same things that they walked in with. But when they're here, we love on them and we nurture them and we try to make sure that everyone who walks through those doors understands that they matter. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Rose Conlon in Wichita. The Kansas News Service is a collaboration of KCUR, KMUW, High Plains Public Radio, and Kansas Public Radio. It reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Blaze's story about the U.S. Senate race in Kansas and Rose's story about Black infant mortality, visit kcur.org, where you can find more Kansas and Missouri news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll feature profiles of both candidates in the race for governor in Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Every episode of A People's History of Kansas City dives deep into a particular person's story, and there's over like 20 episodes ready for you to check out right now. Like one about a Wyandotte woman who fought to protect a sacred burial ground, or about how Walt Disney's best friend actually first drew Mickey Mouse, though he didn't get all the glory. And there's a lot more stories just like those ready for you to enjoy in the People's History of Kansas City vault. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.